You know, hey, we could do a proper episode now. No. Instead of but, but Dolph, this. But Dolph Lundgren. It's just, <laughs> Dolph. Making my point for me, sir. Just just Dolph. Uh, MIT's greatest son. Um, Wait, what? MIT... Uh, oh wait, Dolph he's Lundgren really smart, isn't he? That's a, right. Yeah. yeah, he got a full ride, full ride yeah. to MIT. Uh, he is a mathematician and yep. a chemist, and yep. he's brilliant. He's a gentleman and a scholar. That's, he is a that's gentleman. why he's able to deliver lines in Rocky Four like "I must break him" with, yeah. with the most amazing gravitas in the world. Yeah. Uh, but East Nine, in addition to like the things that I was texting you guys, where I was like, "This is like this game." Is the greatest low key queer game I think I've ever. Oh played yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, I it will be very difficult between now and December for something to un unseat East Night as my game of the year. Oh wow! It is so good. It is the perfect length. It is the perfect action. I love that game so much. I love it so much. Um, but yeah, so I have. I like my my Vita has all of the PSP East games oh, nice. installed on it from like codes that Xseed sent a decade ago. Um, they put out a lot on that. They put out a lot on that, and I've only ever played oh. East <laughs> Seven, which was that came out in 2011. It's the one that got me like obsessed with the series. So it's setting out our beloved Vita. Hello, uh, <laughs> be thy name. <laughs> be thy name. Waiting. Um, well, I, uh, I, I hundred percented, um, Astro, uh, Astrobot. Oh, Astrobot. Yeah. yeah. Because, okay. I, I did not realize, uh, what a lifetime Sony fangirl I apparently am. It unlocks but, that. Uh, because, uh, so I'm like, I must collect all the artifacts because as, because all the artifacts are, um, PlayStation consoles and, and accessories mm-hmm. and peripherals. And I, when I found the buzz controller, yes, I was I was like, oh my god, I forgot that it was so great. Except you never actually got to hit the big red button, which never made sense to me. But I digress. <laughs> and, and like you can zoom in on it; it's like these super high res, like three uh-huh. D models. It's ridiculous. But but it's that, and then all the little robots who are acting out different games. You you know what? You know what, Susan, you're right. Fuck talking about He-Man. Let's just talk about video games. Because <laughs> I, I want to hear you talk about all of this for like 30 minutes. Oh, okay. Do you want to do that? Dave, yeah, do you, sure. do you want to talk about also, video games? I yeah. have I have bones to pick with you, sir. With me or Dave? You. Wait, what did I do? You told me I should get... Well, you didn't say it. But you, you inspired me to get Bowser's Theory. Oh, all right. No, now we definitely got to talk about it. (laughs) And yeah, I'll talk about the Pathless, which is the Tony Hawk's pro skater of twee indie art games. Oh, oh, okay. I want to talk about Pathless too, because East does a lot of the same like crazy navigation shit. Wait, I'm I'm looking this up because I've heard of this game, but I don't know. It's it's an Annapurna joint. It's it's an Annapurna joint. That's why I've heard of it. Okay. Oh, and I I have another Annapurna joint to talk about, so... We have so many video games to talk about. (laughs) We really do. Pathless Pathless is fucking... um, It's giant squids Breath of the Wild, essentially. That's that's all it is. Oh, interesting. Alright, we'll tell everybody that we'll do Masters of the Universe another time. 
because now we have too many video games. Um, <laughs> now we have all the video games. Uh, uh, yeah, at first I was like, man, I, I don't know if I played a lot of this. It's like, oh no, I've actually, I've, I've been going through my backlog. I played yeah. uh, Mafia Definitive Edition. Man, oh. it's like an open world game, but it's all, it's only mission based. So they just, it's oh, just, oh no. man, it's like 10 hours and. Mwah. All right, hold on. Let me write this down so I know where we're headed. <laughs> So let's oh, you know what? Oh, that actually, let me show you my the the toy that I got. I got that remarkable tablet, which is what is that? What is that? It, okay, so it's so, a it's a digital notebook where you can write on it in handwriting, and it will turn it into text. Like you can take notes during a meeting, like do 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 do, do and then save it, and it'll be a text document online. That's really cool. That's awesome. It, yeah, I I'm love this. It. You don't want to know. But it's it does one thing, right? Like, it's not yeah. trying to be an iPad. It's not going to play games. It's not doing that. And I got it for work specifically because I have a stack of paper notebooks over here that I'm always, oh, let me write down these marketing terms. Do, 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 do. But, like, here, let me pull that up. See? Oh, that's really that's awesome. Really, it's like it's e ink too, right? Is, yeah. Is that, yeah. I love. Yep. Oh, man, it's so, like it, it's just yeah, so much easier on the eyes than staring at a really LCD yeah. and yeah. All right, yep. I think I need to get something like that because like, uh, the thing is, like yeah. you say, like oh, you spend a lot of money on it, but then you look at something like an iPad, and if you're spending like four hundred bucks on an iPad plus like a hundred dollars on the pencil, it's like that's. That's what this is. Yeah. All right, all right. Here's here's what I've got for a new flow. Continue eighty nine. We'll go Secret Life of Sony Fangirl Yay. and Astrobot. Then we'll move into Pathless. We could talk about some navigation stuff, which could lead into East. Which uh, we could talk about how I'm so glad I don't have to review this because my review would be like, good game, good. <laughs> <laughs> play, play game good now. Game good. You buy now. You buy. You buy. <laughs> like Charlie uh, from It's Always Sunny. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then we could go into the airing of grievances. Yes, and please. Susan can uh, take me to task about Bowser's Fury. And then talk about how Persona 5 Strikers Persona is terrible. 5 doesn't, but, well, okay. So I only played half an hour of it. And I need you to tell me if it's terrible. Because like Persona 5 Strikers, I was like... Oh, I miss these characters. I miss this place. Yes! I'm yes! so happy to be back here. Shut the fuck up and let me yes! play the fucking game. Yes. Uh, and then Dave can t talk about how Mafia is is uh, very old fashioned. Mafia, Bowser, Strikers. Uh, we can talk about this another time. Uh, but man, go, like Ghosts and Goblins Resurrection too. I rolled credits on that. Like, wow, yeah, dude, that game is fucking tight, and uh, I don't understand. I saw, like, I saw your tweet about that where you're like, Ghosts and Goblins like respects your time and at like as doesn't. a player and is like fair. <laughs> and I'm just like, what the fuck are you talking about? Ghosts and Goblins yeah. is not. Like the, it's like the antithesis of Ghost the entire hates is you to fuck and wants you, you to over. feel pain. All right, it yeah, hates but, you. No, 
<laughs> Maybe we do need to talk about this. There's so many things to talk about. Here's the difference. Here's in, and Ghost of Goblins Resurrection is a fundamentally different experience than previous games in the series because there are actual difficulty levels and there is oh. a discernible difference. Okay, so it's not an oh, arcade game oh, meant to suck oh, quarters oh. away. It's no, like an actual... No, it oh, is. Oh, okay. Is, so this is the fucking coolest thing about it. Like, they went and they got, like, Mr. Capcom, like the guy that created all their arcade <laughs> games back in the mid-'80s. <laughs> Mr. 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 Capcom John Capcom. Bill Excuse Capcom. me, it's actually Captain Dennis Com. okay? <laughs> Bill, Bill, get, just look. Incorporate everything from the last ten minutes into the proper count. Let's clap right now just to sink it. Okay. So we're already, we've already started. Three, two, one. Bill Capcom came back. Nineteen eighty-six. So Tokura Fujiwara, Tokura Fujiwara, the guy that created Ghost of Goblins 35 years ago, created Bionic Commando, had a hand in Strider, all the shit from the glory days, came back from this. And like the dude's been gone from Capcom for over 20 years. He went to go create a company called Whoopi Camp. And if you're like, where oh, have I heard Tomba. that before? Tomba. Tomba <sighs> 1 and 2 for the PlayStation 1. Tomba was good. good. So good. And like that's where like he doesn't do that much anymore. And so he came back and let he was director and designer on this with an internal team from Capcom. And he was like, you know, I really want to finally make uh, a, a Ghosts and Goblins that's that's meant for a console experience that is not mm. built purely around this old arcade concept, but I still want it to be nails difficult. Like the whole point of this series is just punishing difficulty, and I've written about this before, but like people forget that Ghosts and Goblins is not it's not Dark Souls. Like, they, when I see game people talking about this game on Twitter, they're like, oh, it's supposed to be spooky and good. But no, idiot. He's got hearts on his underpants. Uh, Susan, <laughs> Takura Fujiwara recently said now he has the graphical fidelity for people to realize they're not hearts, they're strawberries. <laughs> I know, my mind was blown too. My mind <laughs> was fucking blown. And so you can unlock, you unlock special like spells throughout Ghost of Goblins Resurrection. And when I looked at the menu closely, I didn't realize it at first, but they like appear as little medallions. And I was like, oh, it's just little medallions that scroll in a wheel. No, if you look closely, they're medallions that unlock on the waistband of his strawberry coated boxer short. <laughs> I love that so much. It's so, it's so good. That's but, like, just delightful. People, I don't understand why the broader world doesn't think of and respect Ghosts and Goblins as a comedy. Like, it is honestly no different. You don't have Super Meat Boy and Binding of Isaac or VVVV or all of these games without that. Like, it's mm. the the ridiculous deaths, the cruelty the constantly like smacking like, even the, the, even the music challenge. is like this weird like beep, jaunt. Beep, it's beep, jaunty beep. like yeah. it's not it's the it's whole... it's it's spooky in the way that like 
like a like a like like the haunted mansion is spooky. Right. There you go. Right. That's a good yeah. And so this game, the entire driving philosophy of it this time was it was like, well, how do we keep that comedy and difficulty balance intact while still letting anybody play it? And so there's the it defaults to what in the menu is called legendary difficulty. Don't bother. Don't do it. Just you're not you can't play that. That's not for you. Uh, <laughs> have you been training for that in a dojo since you were three? No, don't bother. Go, just go, leave, leave. Below that is night, which is for the people that are like, yeah, man, I totally. Yeah, I beat I beat Super Ghouls and Ghosts. I did it, man. I did it. Yeah, I use save states, but I did it. Uh, <laughs> that and like I'm I'm not that person either. But below that is Squire, mm-hmm. and the way Squire works, uh, like there are no lives in this game on any difficulty level. No lives. Oh, praise no Jesus! There is no continue. There is no anything. You just. It's wait, 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 wait. When you when you mean there's no lies, does that mean you get what you get and that's it? Or no, no, there, no. It's infinite. You get infinite. Okay, tries. okay, 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 and it's, okay. And it's there. The the things that change between these difficulty levels are the number of hits you can take, and the way checkpoints are doled out. Mm. So in Legend and Squire, there's only like two or three checkpoints throughout the stage. On Squire difficulty, there is about five checkpoints. And you can get hit four times. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's incredibly difficult, but it's like, it's not random. It's not unfair. The enemies appear in the exact same place in the exact same patterns every time. You just figure it out and, you know, uh, you just play until, and you're always restarting instantaneously. It's, I, the reason all these the Dark Souls and From Software Sekiro games lose me is that it's like, all right, now get through the castle. Now fight a boss for 28 minutes. Mm. Now you're fucking dead and 38 minutes of your life are gone and you lost all your experience. And, and now you have to run through this path all over again just to Do get it. back to maybe get your souls back and then, right. oh no, you died from a random enemy and on the way. Do it all again and here, enjoy <clears throat> this loading screen and then enjoy, just, enjoy this cus- character customization screen and then... Just Macaulay Culkin thwacking you in the balls of the paint can over None and over. <laughs> Ghost, Ghost and Goblins is just like, boom, do it again. Ha, you look stupid. You fell in a banana pill. Boom, do it again. Oh no, a bucket full of water fell on you. Boom, do it a fuck again, stupid. It's, oh man. And like, it's... It's so, the way the humor is layered in, I got to a place, there's one level where it's lit by candles, and if you shoot in the direction of the candle, it will blow out the flame, and you can't see everything that's there, and enemies will, like, spawn in the dark, and so I was having a hell of a time getting through there, and I was like, don't, just try to jump things, don't try to kill them all, and I got, like, one hit left. And I'm I'm dead. I am a pile of musical bones flying through the air. But my dead pile of musical bones cleared the checkpoint flag. (laughs) (laughs) And it's like, it just goes, would you like to start at the rebirth flag? I was like, yeah. Yes. Nice. It's awesome. Uh, All right. All right. Brief aside. 
I ruined careers, so hide away your tears. No shook ones here until you look inside the mirror. Shift rap into second gear, stood up, and I volunteer now. The industry's screaming, but you can hear the ladies just cheer sometimes. Their lipstick will smear, because in my line of work, this He-Man needs a She-Ra. Continue podcast 89. This slow jam is no longer relevant to this episode. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> that is He-Man by Ludacris. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode 89 of the Continue Podcast. My name is Anthony John Agnello. This was supposed to be a Masters of the Universe 1987 film commentary episode. But guess friggin' what? We got on the phone. We were like, video games are fucking awesome. So let's talk about the many of them we've been playing. The two people that have been playing all those video games are my wonderful co-hosts, Susan Arndt. Nine out of ten dentists agree a restraining order is not enough to keep me away. <laughs> Wait, that's, that's the new Trident commercial? <laughs> keep cavities and Susan Arndt away from your home. <laughs> Uh, so, we also have that Staff Roberts, Dave Roberts. So is Susan Arndt the original Cavity Creep, then? Is that... <gasps> oh my god, Cavity Creep! Remember those oh, guys? Oh, yeah! We've got holes in teeth. We put we holes put in teeth. Holes in we, no, we make holes in teeth. We make holes we in teeth. We make holes in teeth, yeah. Wow. <laughs> there it all is. There it all is. Wasn't there guys. a line in a Run DMC song where they mentioned the cavity? I'm trying to remember the line. It, like, you make the Cavity Creeps, like, talk about Crest or something. You talk too much. Oh, you never, you never shut never up! Yeah, now that's got to be a slow jam. Now we've got to go find the cavity creeps. Run DMC track. Um, too many games. So many, so many games. We had to call an audible. Number two, change. Yeah, too many games. Uh, many with a four instead of an A. Right. Oh God! Had Z at the end. This was this this podcast published by. Oh, God, who were those assholes that before Devolver Digital? Gamecock. There you go. <laughs> oh, there's, oh, there's your deep, co- uh, cut, deep wow, cut. Wow, there's deep your deep cock. Yeah. It's, it's mm-hmm. kind of funny that, like, Devolver is, like, is basically Gamecock in everything, like, but name. Like, the spirit is generally no, no, totally. the same. Yeah. They're a little uh, less, like, edgy. They're, yeah, they're not. But they're, they're, not, still, they're still, like, they're, you know, they're just like, fucking whatever, man. Like Air Horns. Not like, they're not like, come to E3, we'll have a party bus with strippers. Like, that's, yeah. that's that was. They dropped that, but it's. Did, <laughs> yeah, that. I was, I was in a hotel room with Gamecock, the folks who ran it. A guy from Epic, Rain. Mark Rain was that his Mark name? Mark Rain. There you go. Mark yeah, Rain. I Mark Rain from Epic. Uh, Lee Alexander, writer of uh, Reigns, Her Majesty, and um, and a, a stripper who uh, was not wearing clothes. So Male or female. Uh, female. I, I know that I probably didn't need to like specify based on true the vintage ba- based of on the people present. Yeah, and 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 money was exchanged for uh, performance activities. So yeah, guys, that was cool. That was like I need to get out of this industry, man. Video video games were a different thing. Now now just I, like 
Yeah, no, in a different world. I I was about to say it's gotten better. Like yeah. it's gotten different. Mm. It's, it's it's gotten, gotten different. different. <laughs> it's gotten different. Yeah, it's gotten yeah. different. Uh, yeah. Here here is what is not different. Back when uh, things like that happened, there were very vid- good video games. And That's here in twenty twenty one, against all odds people are delivering kick-ass video games during a pandemic. Not just the one that just rolled through our pre-show into the regular show. <laughs> uh, before we were even going to talk about Ghosts of Goblins Resurrection, we were talking about how Susan Art rolled credits on uh, a wonderful game that comes with your PlayStation 5, if you have such a thing, and it revealed uh, hidden truths to you, Susan. You found things out about yourself. I did, yes, I did not expect a platformer to provide moments of introspection and and uh, and reveal my inner truths, but apparently I am a PlayStation fangirl and have been the whole time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I did not know this about myself. So this is a- Astrobot. What is the subtitle on this? It's not oh, what Rescue is the subtitle? Astrobot's just... Playroom. Playroom. That's it. Yes. Astrobot's not, not the Playroom. No, that's different. Which was the bad PS4 launch thing. That was the camera. Yeah. Yes. And not Astrobot, because that's a PSVR thing. Right. Yeah. Right. No. Okay, so what the the purpose of this game is to actually introduce you to all the different things that your PS5 controller can do. The touchpad, the triggers, the triggers are 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 you know dynamic. If you if you squeeze them a little bit, you just move a little bit. Squeeze them more, you jump higher, that kind of thing. What I, uh, but, what is it? You're this adorable little robot. It's so cute. It's named Astrobot. It's like, ah! And you are each, uh, there's, there are four, I think, four different uh, areas, and each of them has uh, four levels in it. And in each uh, of those, you're finding two artifacts and four jigsaw puzzle pieces. The artifacts are all PlayStation consoles and peripherals. And then the jigsaw puzzles, You when you go back to the hub, there's this graffiti wall that it's, it's, a, it's a, you're in a round room and there's this just this wonderful artwork of the entire span of the PlayStation lifespan back from, you know, the very first tech demo with the T-Rex all the way up to the present day. And I, the, the, the game is a quite serviceable little platformer. Mm. It's, I mean, it's, its main purpose is to teach you the controller. So there's some stuff in there that maybe wouldn't actually make a final version of this game if it was just meant to be a platformer. But it's, you know, it, it's better than a lot of platformers I've played. I would put it... Uh, Skill-wise and design-wise, roughly on par with Sackboy. Sackboy can do yeah. a lot more because it's it's just got more room to breathe, but and it's it doesn't have very specific goals of like teaching you how to do things. Uh, but it's good. But the joy I received from this game was finding all of the artifacts because it would it was stuff I didn't remember existed, <laughs> like the buzz controller. Which I was mentioning before we started the show. Okay, so the buzz controller, in case you have no idea what I'm talking about, it was a controller that only worked with the buzz series of trivia games. And it was this brightly colored thing that you just... It, it, basically what a cell phone would do now. 
Mm-hmm. What, what you're like for games like Jackbox, it, it, the interface was very similar. Four colored buttons, and you go dunk to put in your answer, and it had a great big bright red light on the top of it. And and Buzz was this immensely popular series of trivia games for the PS2. With a with it, a mu- muppety guy. With a muppety very- host, it was very British, so it was very British humor. But but finding the stuff like that was just delightful for me. Yeah. So I was like, oh my god, I remember that. Oh yeah, the little screen you put on the PS1 <laughs> so you could take it with you. That little thing. Oh, I love mm-hmm. that. I, I, right? I, I, I immediately looked up eBay prices on PSP Goes after I found one in the game. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I got, yeah. I got the, the, the two things in Astropod that got me misty were in it's i think you just you see it after at the end of one of the stages but it's the cd player interface from the original playstation that like rainbow buttoned oh yeah and just like the weird kind of crappy acid blue background of the cd player interface Mm -hmm. and the other one was Dave and a couple of other friends had been like, "Oh man, you're you're not gonna believe the uh, awesome references to PlayStation games mm-hmm. that are just being acted out in the environment by these little Astrobots." And the one that got me, and you can miss them, like they they're not. Oh yeah, yeah. They're, they're just these little. They're there's so much activity in the levels that you wouldn't notice something unless you just intentionally turned a corner, but I turned a corner and then there's one in like a little red leather coat with yep. little Nerf guns air juggling someone yep. and mm-hmm. Dante. And I yep. was like, wow. Yeah. And then, like, you can hit him with the, like you spin, do your little spin attack and it does stuff to him. Like, uh, like you can, um, like there's the, the buster sword in the ground with the light mm-hmm. shining on it. Like the title screen, you can hit it and it like flips out of the ground. Um, or oh, God, like one of the levels, because like each of the levels, like in addition to being like, because yeah, it's like each level is a is themed around a component of the PS5, but each level is also right. themed around a generation of PlayStation hardware. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. Cooling Springs, which is your like fan, uh, it resembles a beach, uh, but it's also based on the PS3. So there's a part mm-hmm. where you go in, and there's just a bunch of rubber ducks in a bathtub. I know! I know! I the tech demo. Yeah, just... I can't! I not take it! And then when you get to the end, like, you, like, explode out of the can and you make it to the end part of the level where you go and you get your final artifact, which is... <clears throat> excuse me. Usually the console. Yeah. Um... And then, like, for the PS3 level, you shoot out and it does that, like, violin tune-up noise... Mm-hmm. That the PS3 does, and yeah, then you see the yeah. XMB like just hovering in the air. It's it, it is really weird because it's like N- Nintendo is always the company that like when you're like if they're gonna tug your nostalgia strings, Nintendo is gonna yeah. do it. Mm-hmm. They're like e- they won't let you play anything, but they'll be like, hey, you guys, <laughs> you guys remember you guys remember this? You remember you you remember the e-reader? Like that was cool, right? But like seeing Sony realize that like oh we've got a lot of stuff. Yeah. yeah. Here's the thing though, if you had asked me. Like, before I started playing this, like, 
uh, if they were going to do a bunch of mascots, what would it be? I'd be like, uh, Crash Bandicoot, I guess. Yeah. Uh, sure. Nathan Drake. I wouldn't have been. I would have maybe been able to think of a few. But then going through the game, and I, I sought them out. I was like, I want to know if I can identify every single one that's in here. I'm probably going to go back through it and make a spreadsheet just because I love them that much. <laughs> I but love that. my. F- Favorite, favorite, favorite moment. If you have listened to this podcast for more than five minutes, <laughs> you know my favorite PS3 game ever is Puppeteer. Yep. I'm like, it wasn't a very popular game. There's no way. And oh my gosh, it's a Puppeteer Astro ah! <laughs> I I I, st- I stopped playing. I was so happy. I just I needed a moment to like gather myself. I was just so, but You're also like I, I was I was reclaimed. But as I'm going through, like I don't th- I've never thought of myself as like oh yeah I play a lot of PlayStation games. But I'm like oh well yep that's Tekken right there and that's Wipeout and that's there's Nathan Drake and there's Lara Croft and uh, Pure, a oh, tiny well, adorable pyramid head. <laughs> Yeah, I know, it's so cute! And then there's Cat from Gravity Rush, and I'm just, you know, I I think there was exactly one in the entire thing I couldn't recognize, and immediately know what... Oh, Ape Escape! Like, the little astrobot Mm -hmm. hiding in a bush with the light on his head! I mean, come on. You know, I, I think what's interesting about that reaction, too, Susan, is, you know... And to your point, Dave, about Nintendo being sort of these these people that have always been willing to marshal uh, nostalgia, even going all the way back to the, the genesis of the company. Like Super Mario All-Stars is a Super Nintendo game, but that game is a creation of weaponized nostalgia. It's like, let's take all of these things from our past 10 years and sort of celebrate them. Uh, but, you know, if you play Super Smash Bros. Ultimate... Super Smash Brothers Ultimate, you know, with this roster of 80 characters, and then all of the cards and all of the spirits referencing all of these minutia-laden little corners of video gaming. It almost feels like Nintendo can create this tapestry that unifies all of video games, but it can't. Because at the end of the day, Nintendo has this ecosystem that represents purely Japanese gaming. It is mm. Japanese game developers. It is Japanese game publishers. What about it's, Geist? It's what about <laughs> yo, yo? What about possessing a do- bowl of dog food, yo? What about Project <laughs> Hammer? No. <laughs> um, you know, it is. It is this. It, with the exception, even Rare. You know, Rare was this contract company making all these NES games before GoldenEye and whatever. But it was always in the service of these Japanese game publishers. Uh, Sony, after the last you know twenty five years, you don't really realize it, but Sony has created the international history of console gaming. Mm. And you play something like Astrobot, and it's infused with all of these disparate Japanese classics that have since moved on to other consoles. Devil May Cry, Tekken, uh, Ace Combat, all of these different Tomb Raider, but the the DNA of this this sort of larger pantheon uh, 
has uh, it's it's still all rooted in the PlayStation. It's still all rooted in the PS1 and the PlayStation 2 and even things that we considered failures at the time uh, that created part of that tapestry. PlayStation 3, our beloved Vita, you know, uh, all of those things created this this sort of successor to that culture that is purely mm-hmm. Nintendo's. Uh, and when you tap into something like Astrobot, Astrobot is made by what remains now. Uh, we're recording this one week after it's really been dissolved, but Astrobot was developed by what remains of Sony Japan Studio. It was directed by a French director. Uh, oh. It is a legitimately international creation much like the puppeteer was much like gravity rush was uh and you know i i think that it takes engaging with the totality of that history in something like astrobot to recognize that it's there at all because if you just yeah. played like that horrible fighting game sony playstation all Stars, oh gosh yeah <laughs> It's, yeah, you know. so that, that's that's I think that, like PlayStation All Stars is what like Susan, you were talking about like what mascots do they have? That's yeah. what that's what that game feels like because then you're like because it's also you, you kind of brush up against like like because PlayStation is a lot of third party stuff like what can they get the rights <laughs> right, to right right and so it's like well we have three different versions of infamous characters. <laughs> or whatever and then you're just like oh boy oh, this roster is uh, Sweet not no. great yeah no um on top of it just not playing well at all uh, but but yeah whereas this is you know because they're like i don't know how if they have to get the rights to like silent hill to do like a cute little pyramid head thing but yeah, they probably no, you, do but you yeah. Do. yeah you gotta clear it's probably easier stuff. to do Susan, what did what did having this revelation, the emergence of these feelings, uh, what did it make you want to go and revisit? Because you're not oh, you're not a big replayer of games. I'm not. But... I'm not. I, I I tend not to. Um. It it well. I mean, obviously, it made me want to play Puppeteer again. Um. But not much needs to happen to, for me to want to replay Puppeteer. <laughs> but uh, yeah, what it what it really impressed upon me. And this is not something I'm cognizant of. Is how how long, just in years, the PlayStation Legacy is, and from it being, you know, from that the original little little gray PlayStation, and you you know, you got to wrap a towel in it and flip it over, man. That's <laughs> that's what that is. Um, that's a deep cut. Yeah, you aren't going to know what I'm talking about. Work. Well, I, I yeah. mean, you do see the remnants of that. The fact that the PlayStation 5 ships with a stand, the reason that PlayStation 5, 3, 2 had stands, everybody, bec- is because of what Susan's talking about. The, <laughs> shitty, the shitty construction of the original PlayStation. People found out that you basically had to either flip it completely over or put it on its side to keep that drive functioning nice. The towel is... That's old school, though. Yeah, t- Tal is, is super old school. <laughs> yeah. I, we so, do, we um, continue podcasts. Do not recommend fire hazards no, or don't, don't don't do it. Don't. And if if you if you keep your consoles in an entertainment center with doors, open them while you're playing. 
because mm-hmm. that heat builds up and it's not good for anybody. Uh, no, yeah. So it was really just about the 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 longevity and the oh yeah, like wow, Castlevania and Metal Gear and just all of it. Little chibi pyramid head was just like ah, and then and that what it what it really made me think about was me in that place in time, you know, me mm. reading about the new characters in Tekken because it was on the cover of EGM when I played Silent Hill 2 for the first time, uh, playing Wipeout because the soundtrack was so incredible and it was, you know, my first real exposure to that kind of music. All of that stuff, it was it was more like my my growth as as a as a person like the, the times in my life and then also as a gamer over the, marked by these games in this particular company's history. Like they see, I did not grow up with Nintendo mm-hmm. the way uh, you folks did because I'm older than you. So this was for me that, that whole remembering like my own progression and journey. Uh, Cause apparently the PlayStation has been with me the whole time. And I, I did not know that. <laughs> <laughs> it was just one one set of footprints on the sand. I didn't know. <laughs> that was it. Was that the PlayStation carrying That was the That was when Parappa yes. lifted you up. Yes, and he told you it's all in the mind. Um, yes, I, I I have to say, Susan, I yes, raised by Nintendo, uh, uh, unequivocally. You know, I, like that was. There was an NES in my home when I was three, and that was yeah. just part of the landscape. But I I am turning 39 in a week. Mm-hmm. And at 39 years old, if somebody said, what is the console that you have the most potent nostalgia, like people can convince you to think or do anything if they weaponize the content from this machine. Mm-hmm. And like, it's... Like, it's that bridge from PS1 to PS2. It's, mm-hmm. it's yeah. show me anything from 1997 to 2003 on a Sony console, and I will melt. Yeah. Uh, and I, I well, wish I could say that, uh, you know, I, I, I'm able to be objective about it, but I'm not. Like, well, like I've, like I've, I've said before that, like, if I could go back in time to any period in, like, gaming history and, like, work on games, it would be to be a designer at Square in the mid-90s. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. that's it. Like, that's, like, you know, as much as I've grown up with Nintendo and, like, I had a Nintendo, Sega, then played, like, you know, as, as much nostalgia I have for Nintendo and Mario and all that stuff, it's like, yeah, it's, it's that, that era of, like, the Squaresoft RPGs that I think that is, like, mm-hmm. defining in a way that, like, few other, you know, few other things are. And But PlayStation had tons of those. Yeah. And, and it's, it was, there's, there's something like that for everyone. You know, there, in the past, I, I mentioned it for a second, uh, a second ago, but the closure of Sony Japan Studio, or the remaindering of, you know, Japan Studio as a development house, and reallocating its assets for other things in the Sony system. I think what's actually concerning about that for people is not the loss of Japan Studio itself, because the reality is is Japan Studio just has not been putting out the games that it used to. You know, we we keep talking about, like, the things that we love made by Japan Studio on this show. Puppeteer, Gravity Rush, uh, Tokyo Jungle, etc. 
all of those things are years out. Tokyo it's Jungle true. was nine years ago. Puppeteer was eight well, like, years are ago. The, the people who even made like Ape Escape and Tokyo, like, are they even with Sony? Like, well, like Tokyo, I, well and the, like Japan Studio was large, like, largely worked with contractors too, yes, right? Exactly, like, that was a exactly. lot of it. Yeah. Um, well, I, I mean, the reality is, is a lot of those people did just leave with this quote. Yeah. You know, Ke- Keiichi Toyama, uh, the guy that created Silent Hill and Siren and Gravity Rush, he left in December to go create his own studio. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm. But, I, you know, I, I think underneath the consternation that people have over the closure of the studio is not specifically the loss of that studio. It's the fear that Sony will lose its identity as a uh, platform of true diversity and mm. using its vast resources to promote things that are very unusual. You know, yes, it is the house of God of War and Last of Us and Horizon and all of those things, but it's also all of this other weird it's shit. It's the house of Vib Ribbon. Vib Ribbon. There's a Vib Ribbon Astrobot! Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and like so, you know, I, I, I do worry that that will vanish. We certainly haven't yeah. seen that kind of spirit in the first round of PlayStation Five reveals. Uh, but I'm looking. Okay, so I'm looking up what Japan Studio, what what they have done for us lately. <laughs> the last thing that I think that that wasn't a you know a remaster or a reissue or something like that that I think anybody cared about at all was Bloodborne right in 2015 but as I'm and speaking to what you're talking about that diversity do you remember the game Rain oh Rain oh, the PSN uh puzzle platformer yep I wanted Rain to be so much better than it was cuz it was gorgeous it, and and creative and interesting yes. and but that's exactly what you're talking about is games like that like yeah. Tokyo Jungle which yep. I mean if what who who greenlights that who I, okay here's here's the idea <laughs> if it's after something has happened and all the humans are gone and you play as a series of animals you're a little baby chick you're a Pomeranian you're a tiger and you try to survive as long as you can by eating other animals or if you're a herbivore <laughs> yeah I mean ridiculous who does that who makes who does that? that who makes loco roco who's like oh our handheld is really struggling uh, we better figure out what we're going to put on it. I got it, yo. What if we make a rhythm game about stick figures who throw spears at monsters? We'll call it Patapon. Like, yeah, right? Yeah. Gotta, gotta keep that. Oh, keep that I should have known it. I should have known they did it. They, they did like all my favorite PS3 games. They did mm-hmm. Puppeteer. They did Africa, uh, mm-hmm. which I am literally the only person who played that. So, uh, yeah. Yeah, they oh, did some. Susan, do you have a disc copy of Africa, the U.S. one? Of course I do. Yeah. Ooh, you better put that away for retirement, my friend. <laughs> uh, the U.S. version of Africa now goes for hundreds of dollars. Really? Yeah, Sony didn't it, it, publish it, it here. Yeah, Natsume it, it, did. It came out like, oh. re- like really limited, too, yeah. right? If it, I, I thought that didn't come out here at all. It, Natsume published it here. 
Yeah. Uh, it's I mean it's like it's like every every all of the great stuff Sony was publishing itself on PlayStation 3 in Japan. They were like uh who's gonna want gonna that? Play that? The Demon Souls. Demon Souls. What is this? <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I still have my uh my uh s- still never opened Demon Souls limited edition, edition that they sent me. Yeah. yeah that's that's good. That's cash money. Right oh there. wow, yeah, th- yeah. Africa's yeah, like two hundred bucks. Not cheap. Not yeah. cheap. Huh. Um, how about that? And PS3 games haven't even gotten inflated the way it that, will. like... Yeah, they, it give, will. Give it a year. Give it a yeah. year. Uh, man, I... Yeah. Astrobot. Susan, do you have any final thoughts on Astrobot before we, we in, kick it over to Dave Roberts' adventures in Annapurna Town? I would... I would... No, I do not. I just... I want the little... I want... Okay, so there's a... There's a... There's a, a gotcha machine in the game. You know, mm-hmm. you... Yeah, um, and you can get little figures out of it, and I would give them money for all of them, <laughs> all of them. Uh, I didn't find it. I I did not a hundred percent Astrobot. Um, I got distracted by Yakuza Seven uh, when I got my PlayStation Five, so I need to go back and finish it's it. It's like two hours long, dude. I it's more. It's longer than that. It's longer than that. Each each stage is like twenty minutes. So it's probably about two and a half hours. Oh, <laughs> yeah. oh boy. Um, is the res trance vibrator in there? No. <laughs> no. Come on, man. That's a missed opportunity, Sony. <laughs> Come on. Trance vibrator, baby. Uh, all, speaking of video game stuff that's getting expensive. Uh, mm. Not that I am uh, always on eBay being like, <laughs> not that you have like a, a save trans vibrator, like an email alert every time one pops up. I just want to know. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Dave, uh, you, you done, you done, got yourself arted by video games this yeah. past week. Yeah, the, I did. I I'm playing a twee in the art game. <laughs> It's been uh, it's, a while, Dave. This yeah. used to be your bread and butter here on Continue. But yeah, but then, but then everyone started making them, and they stopped feeling like special. Mm. So, um, and you know, like it's it's that thing where it's like, like everyone talks about like like Leica, like the movie studio Leica, right? Like, mm-hmm. and they make mm-hmm. all these like really like arty stop motion things. It's like, oh, it's really interesting. But then, like, all of the movies start like looking and feeling like that. So then you're like, oh, this just. I'm kind of over it. Um, but no, this one's got a tooks in me. It's called The Pathless. It's by yeah, uh, by Giant Squid, who made Abzu, which, I don't know. It's, got, half, it's half the Journey team. Yeah, half, half of the it's, Journey team. It's like the art oh, team. Right. Okay. That we, Matt Nava, Matt Nava yeah. the art director of Journey, yeah. uh, made his own studio in 2015. They made Abzu, which, which is I, Journey Underwater really liked it uh but i'm also like like a, it had a weird reception because a lot of people were like there's not really a lot going on in the game and i'm just like oh Fish. man i get to swim underwater this is cool <laughs> like we, we just we uh the three of us had matt on a very early version of the streaming show at oh, game yeah. radar and we were playing an early build of uh abzu and if you, I don't know if you guys remember this, but Matt guided us to a place and he was like, there's a secret up here. There's a secret up here. Now go up, now go further back. And at the top of like this underwater structure was a tiny little clownfish and a tiny little blue fish. Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. 
that's that's the kind of fun you get in in yeah. giant squid games. Yeah, uh, but no, this th- like this is like a proper video game, video game with like mm-hmm. goals to complete and well, like a world you, what, to explore. What uh, are you doing? So you are this like weird shinobi ninja looking lady uh, who shows up on this island that has it's basically exists between the realm of the living and spirits. Uh, okay, and so you are sent to this island like it doesn't really explain anything up front you're set to the island to cleanse it of evil basically and so your only weapon is a really sick bow and arrow combo and the point of the game is that on this island there are tons of these little like like they're not orbs but they're like these spirit sort of like obelisk like hovering in the air and they're all interspersed throughout the island and your running speed is kind of like you it's a mosey like you're not super fast <laughs> um, it's a mosey but you shoot these orbs in the air with your arrow and it fills up your spirit meter which then allows you to dash and you can dash really fast but the thing that you do as you're running, you can run, you hold the left trigger to run, and so you're running, your your spirit meter's going down, but you see an orb, shoot it with your arrow with the right trigger, and it keeps filling your spirit meter again, but you can run and shoot at the same time, so you get this really cool, like, like she just slides on her knees while, while like, pulling her bow and arrow back and launches it, and it's got this really cool, like, like, just, they nailed the feel of that. And so you're comboing, shooting your arrow at these orbs to keep your sprint moving, and then you can like jump in the air, all kinds of stuff. And you basically you're trying to use this move set to navigate the island and find all of these these tokens by solving puzzles uh, different ways by like moving uh, through gates, by activating uh, these like. Uh, they're like like you basically like you have to solve puzzles by shooting your arrow through these um like hovering circles through the air to unlock uh these idols which you then take to towers which then once you've cleansed three towers then you fight the boss in the middle eventually you get an eagle which lets you double jump and uh, glide through the air, so you fa- you you're right, finding so t- new out. ways to, time to. That was a lot. That was a lot yes. of like game thing, game thing. Yeah, game. game thing. Yeah, there's so a the lot basics, of game things. The basics are you don't move good on your own, but if you yes. do the cool shit, you move better. Yes. You find three cool shits, and then you fight big monster in Monster Town. Yes. Okay. All right. Yes. I- and so, like, as I'm playing this, I'm like, this, like, twee little, like, you know, Coraline ass looking video game, this, like, you know, uh, this Netflix original kids movie looking video game is, like, playing like Tony Hawk to me. Like, I'm, That's- I'm. Oh, I see what you mean. Okay. Moving through the world and just, like, like shooting arrow, shooting arrow. And eventually, like, you, you unlock other different types of orbs, which, like, grant you even faster movement speed or will launch you up high in the air. And so you're, you're, you're just, you feel like a, like a badass moving through this, this, like, absolutely gorgeous, like, painterly looking world. It's, 
it's a very weird like I don't want to say it's a disconnect, but it's like it is it is a like it's a it's a video game ass art game, which is really cool. Mm-hmm. Like I've never like most of the time you get the 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 twee indie platformer and everything moves very slow or it's like very focused on like like inside is kind of an example where it's like it's very focused on like deliberate uh, the movement. Game with the greatest ending in all of history. Yeah, oh boy. Yeah. Jesus. Uh, <laughs> Jesus Christ. <sighs> anyway oh that sad ball of arms is just watching the ocean at the end <laughs> yeah it just dies yeah just, end of game j- just bummed out it um, just and it just ends uh but no Dave. but yeah it's it's the the most fun i've had with one of these sorts of games in a very long time the thing that is also so interesting about what you just said about it being a video game s art game is that the preponderance of video game ass art games uh, for seven years now has been to go in the realm of punishing combat. It's always you know, mm-hmm. hyper light drifter or below or even my my treasured Hollow Knight, where it's just like we're gonna do the video game ass art game, but it's you know the video game assness is just like here's an enemy now fight it seventy times. Yeah. And it, this game, like, there's, there is combat. You can't die, though. So what ends up happening is that each of these worlds, uh, as you're exploring, as you're trying to find these idols, which you can then use to unlock the towers, or you're looking for, like, hidden secrets, which grant you yellow orbs, which increase a meter that, once it fills up, allows your bird to flap uh, in the air one more time before uh, <laughs> before like I said it's a very video gamey especially <laughs> coming off of Absinthe let's your bird flap right well like because initially you can only like when you double jump your bird like lifts you up in the air and you can only do it once but as you unlock oh, like you find more of these orbs you can do it like up to I think 10 times uh, eventually there's a trophy for 10 times might be more Anyway, so as you're as you're exploring the land before you've cleansed it, each land on this island has this like giant shadow monster that is just in this giant miasma of fire and brimstone. This cloud looks super fucking cool, uh, just in the middle of this land, and eventually it's it's like hunting you. Mm-hmm. So as you're exploring, it's like moving. This cloud is just moving, and eventually you get you'll get caught in it. And your bird disappears, uh, and you see this little like sound bubble, like 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 it's cawing at you, like you need to find the bird to cleanse this area and go back to exploring. And the bot, like the boss, will end up uh, somewhere else. But as you're doing this, the boss has these like eyes that are trying to find you. Uh, so you have to sneak through this area to get your bird back without being seen by any of the eyes. And if you get it back, that's great. If not, you take a hit. Um, you lose some of the yellow orbs that you collected, but nothing else happens. You don't die. There's no death in this game. Uh, even when you're fighting the boss, uh, once you cleanse all the towers, you can actually go fight the boss. Again, Like, like you can get hit. You lose some of your spirit meter when you get hit, but you don't die. You just keep going. It's just whether you can execute the things that the game wants you to do, but there's no real punishment for failure. Uh, the one cool touch too is like once you're uh, at a point where like you've you've 
like found your bird in the shadow realm and you've like knocked the boss away your bird before you can use your bird again you have to clean it so you press the square button and it zooms up on your bird and you use the left analog stick to move your hand around the bird's wings to clean all the like gunk off of it and, and that's then it how you sold you. the game to susan now Susan yeah. is in now I'm worried they're gonna kill the, I haven't finished it yet now I'm worried they're gonna kill the bird because they've, they've, they've created that gameplay connection I don't I don't with me I, like I, they I, did in Shadow of the Colossus that's not, and, that's not giant squids move that's not I don't giant know move. giant squid here here is here's what happens in Abzu though because you know that entire game you're in the ocean you're doing your ocean shit and every now and again there's a great white shark that shows up and causes a, a whole hullabaloo. And you think to yourself, like, oh, it'll do, like, the art game walking simulator thing where, uh, you know, you have to, uh, like, free the uh, shark. You know, the shark becomes your buddy at some point. And, like, nah, that just shark just fucking gets pissed and wrecks a robot in front of you. <laughs> you gotta get the hell out of there you're like oh that shark's just gonna keep on sharking yeah uh, <laughs> shark's gonna keep on sharking just you man he's dumped a shark shit and nobody's gonna stand in his way uh yeah man i i don't know i think it doesn't sound like they'll go for that cheap i hope the, not the cheap, it's, the it's, cheap it, emotional out yeah uh it doesn't but, sound like a particularly emotional it's not trying to do that thing yeah like you know? it, it, it has a mood for sure, like that, like as you're exploring, you're finding like that, like there was this battle between like the God Slayers forces and the Pathfinders forces, and there are like just dead people everywhere, and like some of the dead people have like spirits above them that you can go, and then you press circle button, and it gives you their like final thoughts or whatever. Oh, cool! And and like you're you're like learning about the history of this world and like what's going on and this battle between you know like humans and and gods and stuff and like that it definitely does have like it's it's somber it's you know it's clearly like a ruined world but it's not it's not like sad mm. you know it's it's not going for like this is a sad game we want you to feel emotions when you w play we war is really bad yeah, it's bad and dead people is yeah. bad yeah and the world the world's in the no it's like here's like a cool interesting world to explore that is like you know bad stuff has happened here uh but it's it's less about you know actively trying to tug on those strings and more just going like you know feel something yourself like <laughs> you know it's kind of nice can i uh can i now can i bring up the other annapurna twee game that yeah. i've been playing what that, have you been playing uh, maquette oh that's maquette? the that's the free ps plus it game, is right? it is it is you don't sound thrilled oh oh okay Here's what I want you to do. Here's wait, what I want you to wait. Are we do you want to do airing of grievances now, Susan? Should we do airing? Of oh, grievances? okay. Do we want to do that? Okay. I have so are many it, grievances. Did they make Garden State again? Is that what what we're doing here? I okay. Garden State. No. Okay. Here's. I, we don't have to do airing of grievances now. I'm just gonna. I just want you, and this is directed primarily at you, Anthony. I want you to envision how you feel when you're playing Gorogoa. 
Okay. All right. I'm 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 Kay. frustrated. I'm I'm getting yep. a little sleepy. Yep. All right. <laughs> now, now layer over that the most airing on the CW coffee shop soundtrack. Nope. Fuck that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. And it's and uh, envision script being written on the walls of the play area about I was going through the box that had all of our mementos in it. I was looking for my keys and I found the sketchbook where this we is what used I'm talking to, about. Wait, this the sketch the sketchbook that we used to draw in before we knew all of each other's secrets. Oh guys, I got it. Here's what we're gonna do. Okay. We're going to go and we're going to make a time machine. All right. <laughs> you're going to okay, make listeners a time- at home. You need to l- understand the fury in Anthony's eyes right now. We're gonna yeah. Make, we're going to make a time machine and we're going to go back and we're going to find every fucking indie developer on earth. <laughs> and we're going to find the exact moment that they discover Michelle Gondry's films. And we're gonna punch them as hard as possible in the face. And say, no, no, no eternal sunshine of the spotless mind for you. No yes, garden state. Yes. yes. We're, we're just gonna, we're gonna, the entirety of Fox Searchlight films between 1995 <laughs> and 2010 is off limits to you, indie developer. <sighs> oh, God. Susan, that sounds so horrible. I, I, yeah, I couldn't. I'm like, nope, mm-mm, can't do it. No, I'm done. <laughs> but, but like that, that's what I'm talking about is that like all of these like twee indie games, like they're mm-hmm. all trying to do that. They're all exactly. We have, look, look at, look at my, look at my art self and look at my art girlfriend. And together we are an art couple and we have an art relationship, but then the art relationship goes art poorly and watches. <laughs> As everything falls apart in an artistic way, and it's like just, just like present a story that's relatable to people. All like right. you don't have to affect the and like. Again, I don't want to begrudge people's visions. Like, like I do, I do, I do. Yeah, I do. <laughs> I just at, at some point, it's like like there there. There has to be. Like so, like a publisher like Annapurna has to go like, okay, can we t- can we find someone who's telling the story in a way that's different? So you know, like like there yeah, are other ways yeah. to tell stories about relationships well, like, that aren't like an yeah, artistic puzzler yeah, about yeah. a bunch of or, like upper middle class like will, professional, yeah. you know, b- professional managerial class types. Like mm-hmm. I just nor- normal people. <laughs> well, like contra- contrast maquette which is a puzzle game where uh, you know about a relationship one of them's probably dead i'm guessing and then like stuff is written on the wall contrast that with unfinished swan which is on paper the exact same game yeah but it is not so incredibly pleased with itself yeah and it's not like look how clever i am it, yeah, it, it is. It is art that is meant to stand on its own. Yes, and it, it is not. It can speak for itself as well as its mm-hmm. creator. Um, yeah, I. I don't know. I. We talked about this 
at great length a couple of episodes ago, but one of the biggest problems in in games right now, both at the AAA and the indie levels, are the dearth of life experiences mm. uh, amongst those who are making games. Well, like, and well, yeah. I I well, I would I would push back a little bit on that because the thing is is that lots of people are making all kinds of games, you just don't hear about them. Well, no, like that's yes. the, like yeah, like like the people like Anna, like you go on itch.io, you're gonna find yeah, but, but Dave, that's a what multitude I mean. I, of experiences. I, I but mean, yeah, the, like the you, people you're who are not given a platform. The, the yeah, people who yeah, have control yeah, of the yeah. platform who can break through that noise barrier yes. because yes. they have backing. Yeah, yeah. Um, that is actually a a good transition moment before we get to airing of grievances. Uh, mm-hmm. And we're we've all got grievances this week. Everybody. <laughs> I feel like aerial grievances is just a regular continue fixture at this point. Um, I I don't want to belabor this point because Dave is about to play this game, and uh, I don't want to spoil a lot for him. And this is going to be one of the few times that I very intentionally, much like Sakuna of Rice and Ruin, say Susan Arndt. This is a game I think you should play. Okay. Uh, Sakuna of Rice and Ruin was the last time I said flat out, this is a game you should play. East 9 colon Monstrum Knox is a game you should play. <laughs> and I know on our last episode, two weeks ago, I, I said to you, yeah, imagine if like somebody took a bunch of anime bullshit and then shot it with an anim ant gun and a yeah, 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 gun. Yeah. All accurate. But I have now found another musical analogy, which is oh. the simplest way to describe this game to everyone and whether or not they would like it. So typically with an action RPG, it's save the fucking world. It's, yeah. oh, everybody's serious and beautiful. You've got to save everything because God's going to kill everyone or some dumb as shit. Or, or over here, that we, we have the indie games that are about relationships and all that. And Or over here, when it's action games, it's sad dads galore doing sad dad shit for days. <laughs> what if there was an alternative? What if... You took the video for Guns N' Roses November Rain. (laughs) (laughs) And in the middle of the November Rain video, and everybody who's seen the November Rain video will never forget that in the middle of it, it cuts away from the narrative to just fucking Slash (laughs) walking out of a church in the middle of nowhere and just fucking wailing on his guitar yep. for like a solid three minutes. Like, bow, bow, down, 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 down. what if you made that a video game? <laughs> what if Slash wailing on his guitar was a role-playing game? We don't need to wonder because they did it. They did it. You could go play it right now. <laughs> and it's so funny fucking awesome <laughs> again i don't want to i don't want to belabor everything about east nine because i i think dave is already on, he already has this game he's going to play it yeah All i the- start i started but like the backlog was like started to gnaw away at me so i took a break but i want to get back to it in earnest there there will never be a moment where east stands in your way 
of having the best time you possibly can with it. It's always like, oh, you want to do some RPG shit? I don't know. Do you want to like make friends with the weird characters you meet along the way? You could go buy them presents. It'll take you three seconds. Just go buy the one dude who's working in your bar. You want to buy him some fresh coffee beans? Go buy him some fresh coffee beans. But also the lady who just joined your party, who's dressed up like a cat thief. Now you can run up walls because she's with you. And then the- I was about to say, I'm like, there's a cat lady in a pirate outfit. Oh my God. <laughs> Every, all of the things that I hate about role-playing games are gone. It's not a sprawling cast, six characters. That's it. Set skills that are unlocked in a linear fashion. You use a skill, it gets better. You're never going to go to a fucking tech tree. You're never going to be spending time unlocking <laughs> bullshit. Oh, you beat a dungeon? Now the shop has a stronger sword. Go buy it. Get back out there. Now you have wings and you can jump off the spire of a cathedral and just fly all over town. Go find treasure. Go into a dungeon. You will be surrounded by so many effects of a slashing sword so quickly that you will not be able to see what is happening on screen. It is just perfect. And underneath all of this, this just just blazing lightning guitar whale pleasure of this game is decent, recognizable humanity. Regular people. <laughs> who are regular characters who just want things. It's not the end of the world. It's just this guy ended up in a place and weird shit's happening. You got to figure it out. And somehow it manages to be progressive. This is not a huge spoiler, but the person that turns you into a goth heartthrob at the beginning of all of this, her name is April. Aprilis. Aprilis. Yeah. Any other game. Any any other game, regardless of where it was developed and developed by whom, it would be like, oh, when are she and the main character going to, like, make out or fuck? You get to the end of this game, and she says, thank you for your help, and she and the male main character shake hands. Oh, wow. No romantic subtext. No sexual overtone. Just fucking mutual respect and friendship between a male and a female character in a game. What the hell? Where did it come from? How is it so good? I don't know. I don't have answers for you. But if you find yourself watching the video for November Rain... <laughs> As we think, all do from time to time. You're in that YouTube hole and you think to yourself... Man, I wish that was a video game. It's an option. Uh, we can talk. <laughs> we can talk about this in greater depth once Dave has played it. I want to play it, man. Susan, Susan you got to play this game. It's just so good. Uh, I mean, I I'm trying to think of how else to sell it to you. At one point, um, you're locked in a prison. And then a tiny little fox with giant blue and yellow ears is like, I'm going to break you out of here. We're getting out. And that little fox becomes your buddy. And eventually I'm into it. you have to find a sword. No, here's what, here. Okay. So I looked it up online mm -hmm. and a, the six characters are, uh, four of them are female. Mm -hmm. They're all dressed 
Like humans. Completely. Yep. Yeah. And they look like they could physically exist in the real world. How did it happen? How did I don't know, and but I'm all, in. I'm in all, all the way. All of them, none of them is a wilting flower. None of them needs to be saved. Like, they all have lives. It's, <laughs> I, 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 I don't I don't know. I don't know Especially how coming after East 8, which had a little... Uh, like it was it's, a little cheesecakey. It's, it's yeah, like, I, like, like I, the 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 main like the the was it Dana? Dana. Yeah, the 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 person who is lacrimose. Yes, <laughs> the one filled with of lacrimosa. Uh, yeah, of or uh, of or relating to lacrimose. Um, yeah, she's she her outfit thing. I believe th- I forget what term Susan used to describe her character. But she had something going on with like the hips and the oh good birthing hips. <laughs> no, like the, oh man, uh, so, one of our listeners uh, is going to point it out. Yeah, but yeah, there's uh, a specific uh, like, ter- thing that you use to describe her character design, and like I don't think Nine has that. Yeah, there's not there's not a, any of that really. Uh, even like even for all the guitar whaleness like it's so low-key like the game has just like like everything is just like go enjoy it just go enjoy it we're not gonna oh my god what are these costumes (laughs) what in eight yeah which ones well this this person with green hair is wearing dental floss and napkins yeah that might that might is that now in fairness that might be dlc Okay. But, All right. Yeah, then. I mean, like the the main female character in uh, East Eight. Here's the here's like an actual cast picture of what they look like in the game, and the the, the, the lady's wearing a bathing suit. Uh, oh, okay, sure. You know, yeah, she's she's wearing a bathing suit. Now I can't get to her chat. This is good radio. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, moving on. Uh, East Nine, good, more gooder. Yeah, East East Nine, good game. Uh, please play, play now. Play now. You play. You play good. Um, you play good. Yeah, I I said it uh, in our pre-show, uh, but this th- it's going to be hard for this to beat uh, as my game of the year. Um, all right, for our final segment, we all have some grievances. Let's grieve it out. Um, I think where we can start is a game that Susan and I have both been playing. Susan is far deeper into it than I am. I've only ever played the first hour and a half. And if you've played this game, you'll know that the first hour and a half, there's not a lot to play. Uh, this is Persona 5 Strikers. Oh, so it's a Persona game. I was going to say. So it's a Persona game. Okay, Dude, okay, okay, yeah, okay, air, okay. Air the grievances, air the grievances. But, okay, it is 100% true that Persona games, you're not actually playing for the first two hours because it's giving you story, it's introducing you to the mechanics, 100%, yes. Okay. However, those games are Mm turn-based. This is an action game, an incredibly fast-paced action game, and so you're dropped in the middle of, like, 30 enemies, and it's interrupting you literally every two seconds. You're like, ah, I got that Hey, did you know that if you hit the X button, you can do this? Okay, cool. Keep going. Ah, oh, God, 
hey there. Hi, how are you? <laughs> Let me tell you about combos. Cool. Oh my God, I to, hey there. Okay, I see you've activated your persona. Let's talk about that for a minute. And it does that. This non-stop interruption of any kind of flow that you might have for at least the first two and a half, three hours. Yeah. It, uh, I also don't understand why it's like this because to to get with Persona 5 Strikers coming um, I was like oh you know what I'm going to play some more of because I didn't get too deep into it last year was uh, the the Breath of the Wild Hyrule, Hyrule Warriors. Yeah, I was about to yeah, say. Okay, like, yeah. yeah, like that game is that like, game you, is you just you're in it. Yeah, you're just and and it just lets you play. It's just get in there now, live it up. Go, you know, crush some some moblin heads. Uh, and in general, even when the Warriors, you know, the Muso games have gotten mm-hmm. complicated in recent years. Uh, like Attack on Titan, they did the Attack on Titan Muso game, and that was weird because it wasn't just you're gonna slash up 300 enemies really quickly. There's like a grappling hook mechanic, like you're sort of right because that's yeah because the they thing. have that in, in the in the anime yeah. And it it really it gives you one training stage, and it's just like here it is, go Persona Five Strikers. It throws you into an action scene. <laughs> And shows Joker in front of a bunch of enemies, and then just stops immediately. Mm-hmm. It is like, here is your combo chain, <laughs> and it takes forever to get back to it. It's very weird. I'm I'm assuming it it opens up more because it's very well reviewed. Oh no, you're wrong. I mean, well, oh. okay, maybe maybe at some point eventually, but. It's it, it okay. To be fair, it has a lot of onboarding to do because it has the onboarding of Persona, which is like, can you imagine being a, a, a Dynasty Warriors fan? So you try this, and now you got to be introduced to the concepts of Personas. That's it's a, lot. a lot. And it's a lot. elemental fights and uh, all-out attacks, and it's Showtime, and one more. That's. That's a whole fighting system in and of itself. Mm-hmm. And then the flip side of that is it's it's introducing the persona people to this sort of uh, musu kind of combat. Not well, mind you, but it's tra- <laughs> you know it's it's trying to do all of those things. That's a lot. What there should be is a training section, a proper tutorial sure. kind of area where the stakes are really really low where you learn about passing the baton switching characters the the gameplay loop where all of that and you get to try it out this is like ah, we ain't got time for that i don't have time to tell you why i don't have time to tell you here just go i'll explain along the way it's like when you get like one of those a board game or like you know a, a tabletop game that comes in a box as big as a buick and you're like oh we'll just figure out the rules as we play it'll be fine that's what this is and it's it's i so i i was talking about this online and someone uh, a list uh, a follower of mine sent me a video that someone had done on youtube like hey i'm gonna it, the game doesn't do a really good job of teaching you things so i'm gonna teach you some basics Oh my god! 
So apparently there are certain combos you can do with your heavy and special attacks that automatically fire off your persona skills. So you're not using SP for them. So if you can if you can chain that stuff together, you're just hitting uh, like if you have a pixie, for example, who has a healing spell, Dia, and you can just be hitting those combos, you're doing damage and then getting healed every so often, just automatically. Figure that out. Yeah, great. I, oh, really? Okay, I didn't know that. Game didn't tell me that. Awesome. Cool. What? Yeah, yeah that's it's bizarre. <laughs> it's bizarre that it's so especially for well, in, like Persona, like Persona's whole thing is like explaining mm-hmm. um, to a fault how everything like works. Yeah, I and it sucks because the story is really interesting and fun. Yeah, I and that's and that's the what's compelled me to stick with it. Like now that mm-hmm. this is wrapped, I'm gonna go back in there and play a bunch more just because I was so happy to see those characters again. Uh, I thrilled to see those characters again and to and to really see them. You know, it's something that the persona team has done in the past decade was try to create new opportunities to continue the stories of these characters. And I played hours upon hours upon hours of those Persona 4 fighting games because they are canonical sequels to Persona 4. But like it sucks. You know, it's just talking heads and mm. you know you have to sit there and wade through 30 40 minute dialogues that are just like a still image of chie's head saying stuff mm. to a still image of yukiko's head uh and then you play a 30 second fight that's you know guilty geared up and you don't un- it doesn't explain anything <laughs> you're just like people are flying around i don't know it's doing stuff uh but it, it, you want to see those characters, and Strikers not only gives you those characters back, but you're getting to be in the places again. When it drops mm-hmm. you back in your neighborhood, and it's like, go to the coffee shop, that feels so good. Yeah. Uh, and, yeah, it, I... I it's it's not East. It is not Slash wailing at a guitar in an open field. <laughs> it's constantly standing in your way, being like, stop. Have you considered this? Um, which sucks because it's yeah. not always to any end. Um, Susan, you have another grievance. You have another grievance that you need to air. Yeah, this one's with you. It's for me, my friend. Apparently. Yeah. Okay. So last time, when when last we saw our heroes, uh, you were talking about Bowser's Fury and how much you enjoy Bowser's Fury. And here's what's annoying. Everything you said about it is true. It's 100% accurate. Oh no. It it had I mean there it's it's catastic. Mhm. You it is it is uh, open world-esque in that you can kind of go in in not entirely whatever order you want, but it's not this linear progression of of do this do this do this and this a boss. Uh, that is all true. Everything you described true. It 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 one hundred percent is it, it, a, a sort of mar- a pastiche of many of the most wonderful things from recent Mario games. I do not enjoy it at all. I'm shocked. I know. Well, okay. So here's the thing. I am one hundred percent convinced, and nobody will tell me otherwise. These levels, such as they are, they're small, so they're really yeah. just pieces. We're in a drawer somewhere. 
Hmm. And they were cut from, who knows, maybe it was many different things. Maybe they were all just cut from sunshine, whatever. They were sitting in a drawer and they were like, hey, pandemic, this is cool. What do we do? And they're like, hey, why don't we paint these with cats, figure out a, a, a way to stick them all together and bundle it in with the Mario Cat King. And I give them credit for that because to that end, it is a brilliant use of of repurposed stuff that was sitting in a drawer. Cool. I feel like me personally, and also Mario, has progressed too far past, okay, go 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 finish this level to get a shine. Now go do the exact same level, but get the blue coins. Now do the exact same level, but do it faster. Now do, you know, like yeah. all that. I don't want to do that anymore. That, see, now that's the funny thing is, is that especially after Odyssey, I was desperate to do that again. I wanted, Interesting. I, I wanted, and the thing, the thing people have always said over and over and over again for 20 plus years now was, oh, why didn't they make Super Mario 64 too? And this is so close to being Super Mario 64 too. Like the ideal modernization of Super Mario 64 because people forget that the levels in Super Mario 64 are super small. The, the yeah. memory that people have of them is that they're massive and they are not. They're super tiny and super contained. And it's it's about here is this little sort of uh, snow globe of a stage and mm. we're going to let you explore it five or six different ways. And it's going to be pretty quick. It's going to be pretty fun. Some of them might be tough in a way that you're not enjoying. So move on. Move to the next one. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I like. I loved the return of that. Uh, did you get to like the Colosseum in in uh, Bowser's Fury? No. So one of I, it's probably the fifth or the sixth stage that you want That's once you open up the second the second area. pool yeah the second pool of the mm, world okay yeah no 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 and I'll, so the, 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 the first one you, you get to the coliseum and it just looks like a coliseum like a single ring wall and you okay. go in and to get the first shine it's like fight this one enemy but then Ooh. when you come back the walls have extended up to three walls and it's like, oh, you need to figure out how to even get back into the Colosseum by platforming around the edges of it and then mm -hmm. getting back in there. And then it's, I, I think, uh, a collect the coins challenge. And, you know, it, it keeps going until eventually this Colosseum is like a tower. And I, I love that shit. I love it so much. Uh, since you didn't get that deep in, Susan, stick with it. You know, I don't you know waste your time. No. If you're not playing, <laughs> no. you're not playing, no. playing a game. But it is. I'm not. See, and let me tell you why. And it's 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 part of the selling point of the game, honestly. And I just don't enjoy it. It's what I did not realize is that Bowser will just. So what happens during the game? You'll be doing your thing and you're exploring, and then Bowser's like, "Oh, what the shit are you doing in my in my backyard, bro?" And everything wow. goes dark, and he comes up and he's shooting at you, and the levels change. Actually, mm -hmm. when Bowser's around, there are blocks that aren't there when he's not, and so forth. And I 100% understand why that's fun for some people because <laughs> it's. It's, you know, it's unpredictable and it makes you play a new way. And that, again, cool, wonderful, fine. Except 
I'm in the middle of something. I'm, I'm like actively trying to do something. It's like, oh, God damn it. Now I got, fine, I guess I'll go deal with this bullshit. Now I'm dodging lava. I was trying to bring this little kitten back to his mom, but whatever, it's fine. I guess I'll just deal with you, turtle face. Like, I, no, I don't. If I, if I could trigger it, yeah. And then that then I would be okay with it. But it interrupting me when I'm trying to do something, I do not find fun. Oh yeah. Oh man, I, I'm sorry to hear that. I'm I'm bummed out that it's uh not scratching the Mario itch for you because I friggin' loved it. Um Yeah. I I do I do think, especially once you get into the late game. And you're, you know, sort of gunning from about 80 to 100 of the shines. I do wish that it gave you the ability to turn on and off the Bowser stuff. Because you mm. don't, you don't need it anymore. Because there right. are, like, there are shines that you can't access unless that's happening. Yeah. And yeah. by the time you get to that point, it's not you've beaten Bowser like the part the Bowser part of the story is done and you just want to sort of be able to explore unfettered uh yeah I I I think we talked about this last time and many people have said it's part of like the common dialogue around the game but I'm I am hoping that it's a blueprint you know uh, yeah, a, set of, yeah. a for a format that they evolve into something more fleshed out in a larger game um damn also the camera's terrible Oh, that's interesting too. I didn't give me a problem at all. No, um, I thought it was awful. Susan, have you considered getting good? Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> sure, it's interesting I, hearing this come from Anthony. I, I I thought about it, but then why I would I hang out with you anymore? Oh, so, oh no. Yeah. The funny thing is, is me like the king of like fuck this. I'm not doing this. This is too hard. <laughs> uh, like Super Mario 64 and Ghosts and Goblins Resurrection, I'm just like, yeah, let's do it. Let's do it right now. <laughs> I I want these things. Yeah, like you, like what was it, your tweet talking about like between that and Super oh, yeah, Mario the, Sunshine? The, the most fun I've had in the last six months playing video games is Super Mario Sunshine. <laughs> Ghosts and Goblins. Like, I, guys, I think, yeah. There's probably something we can glean from this. I probably <laughs> need to seek treatment. Um, Dave, do you want to do you want to quickly air your grievance before we wrap it up? Oh, like Mike, I don't like. Are we talking so, about mafia? Yeah, it's not, not really a, a grievance. grievance. I mean, it's a grievance on like talking more about like Ghost of Tsushima and like Assassin's Creed and stuff yeah. and like like the because it's so Mafia Definitive Edition is a remake of a game from like God like was it two thousand four? A long 2003? time ago. Mafia yeah, it was like PS PS two era. Um, oh wow! Yeah. Um, okay. Oh yeah, it was like like a Polish studio made wanted to make a like a, a game about the mafia, but in the vein of like old timey nineteen thirties style, like like you know like running booze and and like uh, th all of the race cars look like they're about like the wheels just gonna pop off if they take a turn wrong, uh, like that that sort of era of mafia doom as opposed to like the more modern Grand Theft Auto style stuff. Mm. But rather than make so they built this entire city that you can drive around in and explore, and there is a free play mode, 
But the game is mission-based. Like, the entire story is literally just, here's a mission. Uh, now get in your car, go to the objective marker, do the mission thing, get back in your car, drive... Uh, drive back or whatever and then the mission's over and then the next mission starts and then here's a cutscene it's very like it's 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 an open world game that instead of using the open world to just fill it with like garbage to do like, like yeah yeah like every open world game since assassin's creed it what it uses the open world as a way to flesh out its feel its environment its mood uh, give you different ways to navigate problems that you come up with, and like, like basically, if the cops are chasing you, like, how are you going to evade them? And mm. it just giving you multiple avenues of, of ways to do that. Um, and yeah, just a, as a setting, as like, here's a, a cool place that feels real, just because people are driving around in it. Um, and it's just really interesting to think because I think like a lot like when Mafia 2 came out Mafia 2 was very much that game it was like there's a free ride mode where you can run around and explore but um, the game was mission based just like the first one but at the time whereas like Mafia 1 was like lauded as this like sort of like oh this is how games can achieve like some semblance of cinematic greatness uh, by telling a really good story with interesting characters that like feels like like a, the story is like it's you know it's like mafia tropes but it's like it's it's good it's well told um, and it's like it's not filled with garbage so you're just like like just a taut ten hour story and then mafia two tried to do the same thing but that came out in like two thousand nine or ten and by that point everyone was like. Where are all the side missions? Where are all the ra- mm. where are all the extra races I could do to make this ten hour game <laughs> thirty hours? Why can't I collect? And you know there are some like collectibles and stuff, but again, it just it wasn't that game. So everyone said it felt empty. Um, and now we exist. Now we exist in a world where every game has to be every open world game has to just be filled with a bunch of garbage to do that doesn't mean anything, as opposed to just letting the open world exist as a way for different systems to interact with one another mm. and give you some creative freedom in how to tackle the challenges it presents. I don't know. That's my grievance, really. Just make more games like that. Like I don't know, Moff- like Mafia Definitive Editions. Really, it looks really nice too. Like they did a really good job remaking that game. I'm actually tempted to play that based on. That it's good. Did either of you guys play Mafia Three, the one that yeah. takes place mm-hmm. in the deep south? Um, mm-hmm. Again, that that that's a really interesting game. That I it's. Uh, it's good and it's in like in the same vein as like mafia one and two it tells a really good story but it overcorrects um it does uh it's like it it fills in a lot like it rather than using that open world like mafia one and two did as just um texture Mm -hmm. it's like you have to clear out all of these different zones of criminals and stuff and like i'm not gonna lie it feels good to run around and like murder racists in the game in you know in in the video game um in the video game uh but (laughs) uh at you know again at some point you're just you know you're you're clearing a map you're you're climbing towers to clear a map you're clearing zones to clear a map. You're 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 removing icons from a map. Like it starts losing any sort of importance. I'm gonna I'm gonna need to create an acronym not to bring up ease again, but 
Uh, East is not technically an open world game. Uh, it 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 like it, it yeah, it's not an open world game. But you do it is like an open world game, constantly sort of giving you greater and greater and greater access to the totality of its space and then giving you different ways to navigate it more effectively. Uh, and something that I, I love, it's so just, it just feels so good is that it does what very few games in history have done. It does like what Knights of the old Republic used to do, which is your map is totally obscured until you go to that space and Mm -hmm. just, fills up as you run around and it will tell you like if there's a treasure chest it you have no idea it's there until you're in the vicinity of it and then the map mm-hmm. will show you that and you know then you you can go find it if you want to but i love i love a game that gives you the freedom to run around and explore and bound about with no specific goal but makes just going to the place the process of discovery. I like mm-hmm. rather than the tower, which is like you've climbed a tower. Now here's a list of chores. Go pick me up five yeah. fucking apples from the flag race quest series or whatever the shit. Uh, yeah, um, I mm, no thank you, mafia <laughs> or or open world games that followed it. Uh, but thank you, listeners who are responsible for this ad hoc episode this came out of the blue we were not planning on doing today's show this way uh but we were inspired uh dave who is uh the cause of this kismet <laughs> i like the alliteration it's very nice that's good uh, yeah. uh, uh so we're gonna give a special shout out here to our patreon backers patreon.com slash continue podcast uh want to say thank you to everyone who backs us there but giving a special shout out to our $10 and above tier here. Uh, shout outs to Doom Cow, Adam Gauntlet, Adam Condra, Michael Coffey, Fancy Manatee, Terry Belair, Stormshot, Double Taco, Matthew Peters, Denton Brock, Gluttony One of Seven, Eric Van Quill, Frank Sands, Tyler Nilsson, Shane Nilsson, Yaddle, Ryan Brady, Jacob Christos, Chris Cook, Skip Dippity, Tim Chesson, Ryan Mance, Daniel Squire, Tom Coveney, Kalen Houston, and Nick Grugan. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, and yeah, everybody, you can back us at patreon.com slash continue podcast. Uh, we do these wonderful episodes every two weeks. You get access to them a day early if you back us. Uh, if you back us at a certain level, you also get access to our Discord, a wonderful community of people that we chat with throughout the day, typically. Uh, on you know, We're in there. Uh and if you cannot back us, share the show with anyone and everyone you know and love who you think might enjoy it. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at twitter.com slash continue pod. You can check Dave's streams out at twitch.tv slash continue podcast. Dave's fixing up consoles on there. Dave just fixed up a Wonderswan. It's yeah, put a, it looks fa- good. fancy screen on it. They can actually see it now. It doesn't look like shit, which is great. <laughs> Uh, Man, the, the like it's 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 worse than like a Game Boy Color screen. They the the Swan <laughs> Crystal uses a better screen. Um, it uses like a, a Game Boy Color style screen, so it's actually you can actually see it. The the color is 
put a, put a, put an IPS in there. It's nice, dude. People are people are wise. Uh, broken Wonder Swan colors are like fifty bucks right yeah. now. People yeah, are pe- people are on to you. Yeah. Um, which is a shame. I was like, oh, I'm gonna get one and have Dave fix it. It'll be like fifteen dollars, and it is. It's not, not anymore. It's fifty dollars and twenty dollars shipping. Stupid pandemic. Oh, uh, yeah. Ooh. Well, Japan's not doing. The Japan Post isn't shipping to the U.S. Nope. So something like yeah, it's all FedEx now. It's yeah. Oh, it's not great. Oh. It's not great. It'll uh, get here in a week though, as opposed to a month that, or two. That's true. That's true. Uh, I actually, I did, I did. Speaking of Japan Post, I bought myself uh, a little birthday present. I got myself a copy of. Do you guys ever play Die Hard Arcade? The, oh yeah, Sega. Sega that game kicks one. ass. It's an awesome game. Uh, I did not know this, but there was a PlayStation Two exclusive remake of it. Oh yeah, like part, like the Sega Ages. Yeah, full remake and. Uh, I was like, oh shit, I had no idea that existed. That's my birthday present to myself. So if you're thinking on the next episode that I'll still be talking about relevant new games, everybody. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Susan, where, where can people find you? Uh, before that, I want to give a special happy birthday to one of our longtime supporters, dear, dear friend of the show, and uh, my personal Civ tutor slash counselor, uh, Fasisea, he of the Yoghurt fame. The Yoghurt fame. Yeah, it's his birthday today. Oh, so happy, happy birthday. birthday. Happy birthday. I, I, happy birthday. Go, everybody, go look uh, Fasi up on, on Moby Games, too. You will be shocked at how many titles this man has worked on that you love. He's a wonderful, wonderful person. Uh, wonderful human being and and has been supporting uh incarnations of this show for close to a decade at this point um yeah great great human being happy birthday lovely Austin. human happy birthday yeah the, the day we're not the day you're listening to this but the day we're recording it uh is, is his birthday hmm. uh if folks want to find me they can find me over on my other podcast which is called long-legged beasties and it's about horror movies and that comes out weekly uh patreon.com slash long-legged beasties or you can just find me on twitter at susan Arndt, where i also talk about horror movies a lot but uh, oh Sorry, also much to my delight and surprise so did you know that there's a tv show called young rock about Oh, about Dwayne Rock. Johnson. Yeah. yeah, about yeah. It's delightful. Is it it's good? Funny. It is genuinely re- like the third episode because the the first three are on Hulu now. I think um, funniest thing I've seen in a long time. Oh, cool. All right. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, highly recommend it. So yeah, go, uh, go find that. Uh, Dave Dave Roberts, where can the people find you? Find me on Twitter at David Robots. Also Instagram, same name. Uh, game Boy stuff is there. I post it. Game My Game fixes. Game Boys. It's it's Game B-O-I-S. Boys with a Z. Z. Yeah. Z. Yeah. <laughs> and the and the and the O is actually a zero. So. Yes. <laughs> um. You. <laughs> game Boys. Now I can't stop Please. thinking about that. Um. You can find me uh on Twitter at a John Agnello. Where I, I apparently I say things about ghosts and goblins and it makes people very angry. That that, <laughs> that tweet got away from me. Um, you can also listen well, to you me. called it fair. It is fair. People are whiners. <laughs> um, <laughs> 
casting aspersions now. Uh, you can also listen to me on my other podcast, Video Game Grooves, uh, a, a show that is about video game music on vinyl. This week we're talking about Ikaruga, which is a very good soundtrack. Ooh. Oh, that opening song is still a banger. Killer nice. Soundtrack. Uh, that is tight. You can find my uh, liner notes inside of Vinyl Records at Ship to Shore Phono Co. And uh, I, my liner notes in Gradius Rebirth are shipping right now, and Klonoa 2 shipping very soon. Uh, we'll see. You- hey, have you, have you ever covered uh, Voodoo Vents on your video game groups? You know, I don't know. Has that been pre- pressed? Is there a vinyl of that, or is it? Oh, I don't know. Yeah, I don't, okay, that's a killer soundtrack. Okay. Though. Voodoo Vents it is, good. is so good. Uh, I don't understand. They just, I don't understand what's going on with Stubbs the Zombie. I, like, what? Why do people? I don't. Know. Why are people being weird about Stubbs the Zombie? It's it not, was an it was an okay Xbox game that had a good soundtrack. Uh, yeah, yeah, it was like it, okay. That's it. It was, it, was, it was. It was fine. It wasn't even Dave Roberts fine. It was like no. It was just two thousand five fine. I, yeah, I yeah, yeah. People like, eh, sure. All right, everybody. We'll but see. Cake did it, but Cake did a Cake did a cover of Strangers in the Night. Anthony. Yeah, all right. So cool. It was a product of its time. <laughs> it, was, it was very. Richard cool. Cheese was popular at one point. Very two thousand. In human oh history. My, yeah. Dear God. Yeah, that's true. Right. Yep. Everybody, Scott everybody listening. Several waves. Two weeks is our next episode. We'll do Cherry we'll do Pop and Daddies. I promise. We'll do. Oh my God! Was a band. They're back. They just got back together. Oh, uh, oh good. Two weeks. <laughs> two weeks, people listening. We'll see you then. Goodbye. <laughs> Sherry.